Hello and welcome to On Thriving, the podcast that empowers change makers ready to unlock their full potential to thrive and make a positive impact on the world. Before we dive into the episode, I want to remind you that you can support the podcast by subscribing, rating, and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform, and by subscribing and hitting the bell for notifications on YouTube. Your feedback and all of these actions help us reach more people and continue to produce high quality content. Also, if you're interested in learning more about astrology, you can download my free guide called A Guide to Saturn and Pisces from my website at taylorshuler.com. And finally, I am thrilled to announce the launch of my new monthly membership community called Thrive. This community is designed to help you grow, connect with me and other like-minded people to learn, network, and collaborate, and get exclusive access to an extensive library of resources and tools that will help you live your best life and make the world a better place. I'm also offering private text and video chat to a limited number of members in the Societe Lune Noir part of the community. You can learn more about the community and join us on my website, taylorshuler.com slash thrive. Hi there, welcome back to this episode of Unthriving Astrology and More with me, your host, Taylor Schuler. I'm so excited to have my friend, fellow astrologer, Della here with me today. Della is a an astrologer based on unceded Dakota land uh, known as St. Paul, Minnesota. And as a second generation queer astrologer, Della has had a relationship with the stars since a young age. Della uses astrology as a healing tool first and foremost. They enter each reading with the intention of bringing clarity, guidance, and intuition to their clients. Their practice is based in queerness, disability, and anti-racism, and their purpose in this work is to facilitate healing and growth with help from the stars. So welcome, Della. Thank you so much for being with me here today. Thanks for having me, Taylor. I'm excited. So, So tell folks a little bit about some of the special like things that you do and the special approach that you take to astrology. Yeah, so my astrology, you said this a little bit already, but my astrology practice is very much based in uh, healing, um, oftentimes overlaps with trauma work, uh, and the the direction I'm heading in is death charts, so astrology for people who are grieving a loss of a loved one. Wow, that's really an intense and important work. Uh, we're in a period right now where healing is something I think that is top of mind for folks. It's going to be continue to be really prevalent. And that part of astrology and that part of all of us is going to grow, right? Our ability to heal, our desire to heal, the necessity for us to have healing, to claim that for ourselves. Uh, part of that is because Saturn's going into Pisces and Saturn is about building containers, developing maturity and stepping into a greater sense of responsibility. And Pisces about is about our feelings. It can be about healing. It can be about sort of the totality, the ending of a thing. And what do you get at the ending? Hopefully you get some healing and the collective compassion that we have for one another. But for folks who have never heard of this before, can you help us understand, talk a little bit about what a death chart is, how it works, why someone would want to use it, 
I will just say the name death chart sounds kind of scary if no one's ever yeah. heard of it before. So help us yeah. dispel the myth around any any apprehension folks would have about it. Sure. So um, I think the most important thing to start with is that a lot of times people hear death chart and they assume that it has something to do with predicting death in the natal chart, which is not what I do. Um, I know that there are some people who do that, but that is that is not at all what this is. So essentially, um, I'm going to give a little bit of a history of death charts just because I think it's important. Um, so I learned about death charts from my mom, who, uh, as far as we can tell, is um, kind of the only astrologer practicing it in this particular way right now. So she started doing death charts after the loss of... And yes. can you say, say your mother's name so people yes. know? her name is Moon Rabbit. Um, <clears throat> she started doing death charts after the loss of her twin and um, used it as a way to facilitate her own healing and then started offering it to, to other folks. So... Essentially, a death chart is is a lot like a natal chart um, in that it is taking a, a moment instead of someone's birth. It's it's a moment of someone's death. And the other big difference is that the chart is is not for the person who died. It's really for the person who is left behind to grieve. So <clears throat> we use death charts both as uh, independent charts, like a natal chart, but also as a chart of transits that were affecting the grieving person at the moment of their loved one's death. So it really is, um, it's kind of part transit reading and then part independently looking at the the moment of the death. But the the underlying goal of death chart readings at least as my mom and I have been doing them is to give some information to the person who's left behind to grieve and hopefully facilitate some healing thank you for sharing that so it sounds like we're not predicting anyone's death if someone asked you to do that it's a no I have Correct. a similar approach. I do not predict death. I have no interest in that. And there's so many reasons for it. One is that it's often wrong. Two is that um, we have modern medicine. So the things, the science, I will call it, of astrology, the practice, the study of astrology, the information that that would be based on is largely inaccurate today because it was created during a time when we did not have modern medical interventions that extend life. Right. Which is going to probably continue with Pluto moving into Aquarius. Pluto is uh, one of the signatures of Pluto is the Phoenix, right? Being reborn, right. Uh, going through sort of a, any kind of a, a death thing. And I'm not saying look to Pluto for death. There are many ways you can have a Jupiterian death too. Of you course. You could have many things happen, um, but just the archetype of Pluto being uh, deep transformation, very deep, sometimes painful, sometimes mm -hmm. empowering. 
things, but transformations that happen. And what is a major transformation? Death is a pretty major transformation. You're transferring from life to another state. And Aquarius is like this future focused scientific thing. So I feel like we're moving into a period where there's going to be even more scientific advances in in medicine that Mm -hmm. can have the potential to extend our lives further. And we've already seen this, which I'm I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but I'll bring us back. I promise. Oh, please, please. (laughs) But, um, you know, I was, when we first, when I first started talking about Pluto and Aquarius, I thought we're going to see stuff that we're going to find people because Pluto is discovery. When we find things, we dig things up where Mm -hmm. people are much older than we thought they were. And immediately I found an article that popped up on my, you know, Facebook news feed that was about twins who were born, whose embryos were created in the early nineties. And so by the time they were born, the embryos they came from were 31 or 32 years old. So even though the twins were only six months or a year old, technically those embryos that they came from, the whole DNA structure was there 30, 31, 32 years ago. So, you know, they haven't been alive, but have they? They they sort of have. Yeah. They sort of have been alive. So, so that's uh, two reasons, uh, you know, people don't predict death. There are astrologers who will and who do, and there are reasons that would be practical or be helpful for people to know. You're trying to plan, you're trying to move, you're trying yep. to save, you're trying to uh, save your money to to care for a loved one, and you just want to know, like, you know, do I have to plan for six months of sure. my money and then I could give them better treatment, or do I have to plan for five years of treatment sure. and kind of draw it out? Like, those are some pretty legitimate reasons that someone might want to know the timing of a death. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like what you're doing is after it happens, you capture the moment in time, just like we capture the moment of our first breath, you mm-hmm. capture the moment of the last breath, mm-hmm. the last heartbeat or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that helps the other people to understand and to grieve and to process, to heal and then to move on. I'm curious, I, I'm not asking you to like give any specific examples, but like, uh can you can you help us understand what what that might look like for someone like what kinds of things can you look at it in a chart what kinds of things can be helpful for someone to hear yeah well so something that um that you said earlier was uh you know it's not just pluto that shows up as death because of course like all the planets are present um and someone can have a jupiterian death or a saturnian death um And that's often the kind of thing that we're looking at in the death chart itself. So, um, you know, my mom has been doing this for maybe, I'm making this up, but uh, 10 or so years for for other people. Um, And I've been doing it for much less than that. And so we... We've noticed some patterns, but there's also a lot that's still very much up to interpretation. There isn't a body of knowledge about this, but um, here's an example related to this idea of like a Jupiterian death. Um, when, When Jupiter is present very strongly, so... <clears throat> either you know maybe jupiter is conjunct the sun or or on the ascendant or something like that there is often a sense of um opportunity 
for the person left behind. So sometimes this this looks like a really difficult relationship that actually allows the person freedom once that relationship has has ended or shifted into this other plane. Wow. Um, and a similar kind of thing happens with Neptune. Uh, but the way that I would categorize Neptune is, um, you know, similar if Neptune's at the top of the chart or uh, trining the sun or something like that. Um, there is a sense of an easy cross. That's how I think of Neptune. Um, and that's often something that people, the people left behind are um, both, I think, comforted by and can see when it's happening. So this, it's not necessarily a peaceful death that that Neptune or Jupiter will will indicate but it is um it can sometimes be just someone who was really ready to go or someone who was really aware that they were going to go and had accepted that and that information is often very comforting to people who are grieving um just to know that maybe you can know that 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 last bit and i'll just edit that Oh, yeah, sure. Also, now my cat is scratching something, so just hold on. <laughs> Can you stop? He can't stop. Um, <clears throat> it's okay. I can't hear your cat. <laughs> okay, great. So, <clears throat> um, I'm just going to go back a little bit. So, Neptune can can often indicate this kind of easy cross and or someone who was who was aware that the end was coming. Oh, so like when you say easy cross, like an easy crossing over into that life. Okay. Exactly. Um, And I've seen this show up um, in, in really uh, traumatic car accidents, but the person who died had been telling people her whole life that she knew she was going to die really young and she had accepted that so from an external perspective it doesn't look like an easy cross it looks like something really traumatic it's not someone dying peacefully in their sleep but the thing that is so fascinating to me about death charts is that we get all this information that we would never be able to get just from the way that someone died um and i think that this idea that death might be the end for for us on this plane but it's not the end in the universe um i think that that's not comforting to everyone but it is comforting to some people um and just knowing that like the the internal process for their loved one as they died may not have been traumatic the person might be maybe was ready to let go um that is often a source of comfort for people that's really mm, interesting to hear um i'm trying not to say like i, I was had to pause because i'm like it's not good it's not um you know but it's 
it's interesting to hear a story like that, that the person sort of knew. And so like Neptune can be an easy cross and there are things that you can see. And so I was just reminded too, and I think it's, it's just the stars maybe aligning that we're talking and having this conversation right now. My aunt just yesterday, I think time is weird for me right now because I'm in Neptune stuff, <laughs> but uh, she just sent me a little, um, little photo. And then uh, it had, like a description on it on Facebook. So a Facebook post is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say in English. <laughs> she sent me a Facebook post mm-hmm. that was about um, someone who, it was like a story of, of twins in the womb, actually. Mm-hmm. And so one twin is talking to the other twin and they're like, what's going to happen when we leave here? And the other one's like, well, you know, um, it's going to be great. And we're going to like, we're going to meet mommy and it's going to be nice. And the other twin's like, no, like life will be over as we know it. And the other twin's like, well, I want to hear, I want to see what all those, you know, sounds are that are, that we hear and we'll hear it and we'll hear music and maybe Mm -hmm. we'll use our feet and maybe we'll touch mommy and the other one's like, no, we're going to die. Basically, long story short, it goes back and forth, back and forth. But like one is like, it's death. And the other one's like, it's life. And Mm -hmm. the whole point of the post is to say, you don't know what life is going to look like when you get outside the womb, when you're inside the womb, you probably don't have huge thoughts like that when you're inside the womb. You might, but we don't know that. We're probably not because you can't even think or talk yet. (laughs) No one's taught you yet. Yeah. Um, But uh, it's similar, perhaps, for death. Mm -hmm. It's the whole suggestion of the post. Like, we have no idea what it's like on the other side. Right. We can't possibly know. We're not supposed to know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this this is something that, um, that you see so often with people who are dying that they, they have partially crossed and they are kind of getting getting information from the other side and it's often extremely peaceful and I've heard so many stories of um, people who in life were um, had difficult relationships with their mother for example and then after their mother has died and as they are dying um that relationship starts to shift even before they've fully crossed um Mm. so my i'm thinking of my my aunt and i can't actually remember if this was if if you read my mom's book it's probably in there but i can't remember if this was as my aunt was dying or if it was after she died and um she came to my mom in a dream but I think it was as she was dying, um, they had a very, very difficult relationship with their mom. Uh, she was really abusive and she died when they were 17. And my aunt had crossed into this world in which my, my grandmother, their mom, was a totally different person and all of the things that her own trauma and her own abuse all of these things that had prevented her from being able to cultivate a a real relationship with her children when she was alive all of that was gone in death and 
And I think that there are a lot of people who experience this with a loved one who is who is dying, um, especially when it when it's happening a little more slowly and the the cross itself happens in phases as opposed to all at once a sudden death. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people often get a glimpse of that, and it's I think less scary than than we who are fully stuck in this world think it is you know it's I see I've heard people who have had a similar thing as well Mm -hmm. where it's not during the cross I haven't heard that before that's news to me Mm -hmm. Uh, although I mean I have heard stories of someone's in a nursing home and you know mostly from nurses in nursing homes because they see this most often and they say oh they they spoke to the person like they they started talking and I was like who are you talking to and they were like oh my wife is here and it's like wife's Mm -hmm. been gone for nine years or Mm -hmm. my mom and dad are here and like obviously they've been gone Mm -hmm. for decades and I do hear though about people who are still here with their own parents who have passed saying that they now have a new relationship with their parents after they're gone. Mm-hmm. And I am Mercury and Aquarius, so I can be very like cold sometimes with my thinking and it's just like, and if you want to take like a very cold perspective to that, it's like, okay, well, of course you have a different relationship, right? Like, let's just play yeah. devil's advocate. Like, of course you have a different relationship with them. Like some people might come and say like, oh, well, you're, you're making it up or you're like, you know, you can make up whatever you want now and have it seem however you want. However, mm-hmm. my experience with people who share this with me is that it's completely genuine and something really does transform where they are connecting with this person on the other side. And that person has changed, obviously, but changed yeah. in more than just the obvious way. They yeah. have changed on a soul level. They have come to a place of only love. Mm-hmm acknowledgement for facts of what has happened Mm -hmm. and also just love Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. do you see that with your clients sometimes are they still in a space where they're sort of seeking to transform that relationship with the person when they come and see you or are they just not even there yet they're in a place of just complete disbelief or grief or you know the the different stages of grief yeah, it, <clears throat> so I have only done a handful of death chart readings, but in my experience, and I think this is true for my mom too, um, it really depends on when the person comes in. So I've talked to people within weeks of a death, and I've also talked to people years after. And <clears throat> my experience you know, grief is not linear. So somebody who is years out from a death can be in just as raw of a space as someone who is days out. But it does kind of run the gamut. There are people who who are coming and really just need to be heard and and are, I think, less interested in kind of the content of the reading itself and more just want want to be seen in their grief. Um, but there are... There are also people who, who come 
after trying to figure out kind of how to have a new relationship, especially maybe if the relationship was difficult in life. Um, yeah, and I think that people, I think that people um, oftentimes are doing that work already. Um, and it's just kind of like a natural thing to do to figure out what is my relationship with this person now. And the astrology can kind of give some information about that. Um, but yeah, it really, it does really depend on like what stage of, of grief someone is in. And I don't mean that in the like very traditional five stages of grief context. I just mean what kind of iteration of grief they're in at that moment. Do you find that, you know, we talked a little bit about um, Pluto, we talked about Jupiter and Neptune. I've talked a bit about like Saturn in mm -hmm. uh, in Aquarius, it's moving into Pisces. Do you find any generational patterns or just curious, like, your thoughts on some of the, the outer planets or if you want to talk about like Saturn's role in a death chart or in someone's natal chart. Yeah, well... And, and maybe I'll just say like, I personally have had... Um, I've been supporting someone who has experienced loss in the past year. And mm -hmm. so I watch your mother moon's talk on death charts a couple times and uh started to look at the chart mm -hmm. for the death and the person's chart the person that i'm supporting and it was a lot of saturn a lot a lot a lot of saturn and a little bit of chiron but mostly saturn going on and so that's something that i'm thinking about and i have a lot of saturn in my life right now happening um so yeah i'm just curious um how you see saturn show up as well yeah so um saturn is often an indicator of a long illness and it's not just an indicator of a long physical illness so i've seen um i would i would argue that in charts where um, someone has died by suicide after years or decades of mental illness, Saturn can show up. Mm. And Saturn can also show up when someone has been physically ill for a long time. Um, one thing that is interesting to think about um, COVID. So we all know that for the first six months or year of, of the pandemic, there was a big Pluto-Saturn, sometimes Jupiter, conjunction. So everyone who died in that year has that in their death chart, regardless of whether they died from COVID. But... <clears throat> This Pluto-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn is 
is very COVID. Like it's very, um, very much about this huge structural failure in many ways um, that led to mass illness. So there are, you know, some, a a lot of examples of of that. So in 2021, um, pretty much everyone who died has Saturn squaring Uranus in their death chart. And, you know, I haven't totally, I haven't focused much on this, so I haven't thought about, like, what is that, what do those generational patterns indicate in a death chart? Um, But I do think it's similar to what they indicate in a natal chart, that it's not gonna, it talks about the context in which someone was born, and generational planets, and generational aspects depending on how they affect personal planets can be more or less personal to a natal chart. And I think it's similar with a death chart, Mm -hmm. but, but to kind of go back to, to Saturn, um, a long illness is often part of it. Um, and I would also think about Saturn in the context of um, of grief, because Saturn is grief. So I think that when when Saturn shows up in the transits of the person who is grieving, um, it can indicate a particularly hard loss. I think that when Saturn is associated with grief, it can be really hard. Mm. That makes a lot of sense because. One of the things I was going to ask you is some people want to seek meaning, right? So that's one of the reasons I love astrology is because I personally love making meaning out of things. And I personally find meaning making to be one of my healing Mm -hmm. tools for myself. Mm -hmm. Some people, however, think there is no reason. Mm -hmm. Things don't happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if that comes up for you and how you think about that. Is Mm -hmm. there sometimes a reason? Is there a meaning? Or is there sometimes no meaning and that can be helpful for people to know and feel and hear? Yeah. Yeah, this is such a big question. Um, And I think that I actually... um, tend to lean in the other direction from you um just that i don't know how much of a reason there is but so let's see if i can if i can articulate what i'm thinking it's not so much that there is a reason but for me but it's it's more about understanding why something happened the particular way that it did at the particular time even if that's not connected to like this higher higher meaning but that is something that in in readings i've tried to kind of sense from from the client because if someone comes in and says 
I'm really struggling with this. I feel like it's pointless. Can you please give me some indication of of why this happened? Then of course I will I will look and and try to give them or focus on things like releasing the person who died from pain and being able to transform their relationship with that person. Um, but I, I also think it is a really slippery slope and it's a line that you have to walk carefully as an astrologer because telling someone that there was a reason that their six-year-old died is I think borderline unethical depending um and personally I can't find much meaning out of that I can I can look at the stars and the planets and say I understand why the transits played out in this way and I understand the context but to me that doesn't always translate to a deeper meaning does that make sense yeah it does and i think there's a lot of nuance here too it's like is there meaning in suffering is there meaning in loss is there um a reason a reason for something horrible to happen i don't think there's ever a reason for something horrible to happen Mm -hmm. I do struggle with something has happened and how do we honor that thing perhaps is is maybe what I mean and right and in honoring there is a door that opens to opportunity mm-hmm. perhaps I don't mm-hmm. even know if I'm saying this go- completely right but no, I understand. Kind of like like making meaning afterwards as opposed to like finding the meaning in the event itself. Right. Yeah, which I think is <clears throat> is what my mom did with death charts. Like I think that that the the there is such a common experience of people feeling like this horrible thing has happened and it can't just be a horrible thing that happened. There needs to be something bigger that comes out of it. And that I think death charts can sometimes assist with um, in helping people kind of make meaning afterwards. Yes. Because we are still here. Or the other person is still here and they are still living. And sometimes it may feel like, how do I go on? Or I don't want to go on. Yeah. But we're here and we must go on. So mm-hmm. how do we do that? And not only honor the person, but honor ourselves and the fact that there's a time for grieving. There's a time for pain. There's a time for suffering. And there's a time for joy. And there's a time for happiness and for love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard I forget his name. Some the Spider Man actor. Oh, he, I'm not I Andrew don't know. Garfield. I don't know if he was people. <laughs> you could say any name and I would believe you. Uh he was on some late night show. He lost his mother at a young age and Bolivia's brothers or siblings and 
he grieved for a long time. And one of the things he said that I had that stuck with me for a while was that because the host had asked him about his mother and how he felt about her loss. And he said that once he understood that grief was all of the unexpressed love that he never yeah. got to share with the person, that's when he became able to talk about it again. Mm-hmm. And if there were tears, it was okay because mm-hmm. it was tears knowing that those tears were the love that she would be given mm-hmm. if she physically present. Yeah, that I think is um, one of my favorite explanations of grief. Yeah, I really like that one. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that I started this channel, the show, is because... I came to astrology at a crossroads in my life where I wasn't grieving the death of someone, but I was grieving a death of something in my life, some really big things in my life. And I, the way that I talk about it or the way that I understand it for myself is that we reach a crossroads in our life and we can choose to go one way and we can choose to go another way. And sometimes we don't have a choice, you know, it's just crossroads. We didn't choose to get to the crossroads, right? Right. I don't say people choose to have people die. People don't choose pain on purpose most of the time. But we then do have that opportunity that I was talking about where it's like, which road? And then how do you want to travel the road? You want to get in a car, you want to get on a horse, you want to walk, you want to run, you want to skip, you want to jump, you want to roll. I don't know. How do you want to travel the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. So I think it's great that people can have this opportunity to, to if it's Jupiter, like free themselves or mm-hmm. free themselves of knowing that like it was fast and easy and it was, you know, sort of, even if it seemed like it was a car accident, it would have been bad that actually mm-hmm. perhaps that person knew or somehow, mm-hmm. I don't know, just it was easier and, and relieve people of that pain. There are other things that you think folks get out of this kind of work. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, obviously sometimes it is the kind of Jupiter Neptune kind of death where it, it seems like regardless of the external circumstances, it was an easy cross internally, but sometimes it's not like that. And sometimes there are indicators of someone holding on until the last moment. Mm. And sometimes um, there are indicators that someone was in a lot of pain. Um, And those are much harder. Like it's a lot easier for me as an astrologer to tell someone that it was an easy cross and that it's giving them freedom than than it is to say like I see that your loved one was didn't didn't want to go and you know I find this I I would guess that you find this too with it's really similar to talking to someone about a difficult transit in that you can try to make it sound positive as much as you want but sometimes what somebody needs is an acknowledgement of the pain that they're feeling and an acknowledgement of how how deep and traumatic it is or was and i um i'm just thinking of a reading that my mom did for a mother whose child had died um six or seven uh in 
a really painful way. Um, like for the last moments of his life, he was he was in excruciating pain, and my mom could see that in the in the chart. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I think it was something like Pluto on the ascendant. Um, and hearing that for the mother was, I think, actually validating, and. Similarly to how people feel during transit readings, forecasting readings, natal chart readings, I think that death charts can be a way to make people feel seen in their grief and validated in in their experiences. Um, even even if it's hard as an astrologer to say. And it can feel scary if you say something like that to someone. At the same time, I can understand how that would be comforting to someone. For example, outside of the example of death, I have a friend and we had to part ways. And one of the things that I said to this person as we were sort of like ending our relationship was, if you're thinking about me, chances are I'm probably thinking about you too. This isn't a one-way street. We had a connection, right? There was love there. And I can see how it would be validating for someone who is grieving the loss of a loved one to hear that the person that they didn't want to leave didn't want to leave them either. Mm -hmm. And that could actually foster a greater sense of connection to that loved one and allow them to say, I miss you too. So when... when when the person who's still left behind says or feels I miss them, maybe mm-hmm. knowing that that other person, maybe they're not missing because I feel that there's love on the other side and miss almost feels like pain instead right. of love, but that they're sending that love to comfort the feeling of right. missing the person perhaps. And right. to say, and to take away from someone that someone died in pain could be, feel more damaging than to just acknowledge the fact that it was painful and that the death was the release of that physical pain. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because, you know, I think that, you know, this as an astrologer that we can, we have the potential to do a lot of damage. And with a death chart reading, it feels like so magnified because people are in this extremely vulnerable state mm-hmm. um and it, it it can be hard to know if it's if it's the right thing to say to someone like i think that i think that your loved one didn't want to go or um or even i think that your loved one was ready to go like those things can can both have harm um mm-hmm. depending on the state that the person is in and the relationship that they had and um it is it is really tricky but i do think that more often than not people just like with natal charts um you're not really telling people that much new information like people usually know how how their loved one crossed what the experience was what was happening in their own life um 
So that's something that as an astrologer, I try to keep in mind is that I'm, I'm interpreting information, but I'm not, I'm usually not telling people this brand new story that they've never heard before. And if I am, I'm probably doing it wrong. Um, but yeah, it is, it's, it's tricky work. It is. And I think it's important for us to bring up the fact that you and I are both dedicated to being ethical astrologers, Mm -hmm. being professional astrologers, because we've both been on the path towards OPA certification, Mm -hmm. which means that we are wanting to ensure from the organization for professional astrology that we're ethical, Mm -hmm. that our interpretive skills are accurate and helpful and Mm -hmm. that we're not sort of like the do no harm aspect and that that is something that is um is at the forefront for both of us and for many people who seek certification through opa and so um if anyone is curious about that you can go to opaastrology.org and learn more i just became a certified professional astrologer yeah it's been a two-year path for me to get here and um very proud and would love to see more folks in the astrological community take the type of responsibility that you are taking Della, as well to Mm -hmm. ensure that we are here first and foremost to be of service to people Mm -hmm. and to help folks to heal and not to do damage because Mm -hmm. as you said i think that there's a lot of value and healing potential in someone who doesn't tell you what's going on and you look at a chart and you can or look at the stars rather because that's one in the same right mm-hmm. and say this is what happened and someone go not that we're psychics that we're intuitive although many of us have that anyway because divination is divination mm-hmm. but to really validate that experience for someone so that they can incorporate grieve and continue to to live as fully as they can yeah yeah curious if you have any last thoughts you want to share with folks or encouragement or words of wisdom or questions that you need answering i i think that my my main thought is just death is something that you know if we live long enough we experience um and it is in many ways a the one of the most universal human experiences um and i think that the the western world and especially the u.s is extremely death phobic and grief phobic and unable or unwilling to accept death talk about death um work through grief accept grief and as a you know very strong uh scorpio i i i think that that's a mistake and i think that um this deeper work of of connecting not just with the person who's died but with the death itself is powerful and um 
and can provide a lot of healing. And I think that a lot of the time when people experience, oh, sorry, no worries. When people experience, um, when people experience loss and are really struggling to work through it, um, it's oftentimes an, an indicator of living in a world that doesn't give us tools. Um, and death charts are a tool. So I would, I would really encourage folks to seek out healing, grief counseling, whatever, whatever kind of means of processing a death works, um, works for folks because it's, yeah, it's important. Absolutely. One of the main focuses of this channel of this show is to help people to learn about tools that they can use to make their lives a better and to make the world a better place as well. And so mm -hmm. I'm really glad that we got to have this conversation to educate people on the fact that death charts and uh, astrology readings about the death of a loved one are a tool that is available to them to help them and to help other people that they know. Maybe you know someone who's going through something and, and you wish you could help them and they're asking for help and you just don't know what to do. Yeah. And maybe this is just one of those little things that will help yep. prompt them or help them on their journey, put that last puzzle piece together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or just like kind of continue on their path of healing. So I really encourage you to get in touch with Della at readingsbydella.com. Is that right? Yes. And do you have socials you want to share with folks? Um, I have an Instagram at readingsbydella, D-E-L-L-A. Um, but my, my website is generally a better way to, to get in contact with me. All right. Wonderful. Well, folks, get in touch with Della. Also, the book Della mentioned, I will put in the show notes as well. And that is Astrology by Moon Rabbit is, I think, the website. Is that right? Yeah, it's, um, it's I think it's, a, if you Google Astrology yeah. by Moon Rabbit, she'll come up. You'll find it. And so if, if you want more information about that book or about Moon Rabbit, you can, you can find that online. So thank you so much for joining me. I would love to have you thank back you. sometime and we'll talk about some more things. Of course. Thank you, Taylor. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Take good care. See you all next time. Bye now. Bye.